I'm Julie Potowitz, CEO and founder of Grow Your Occupancy. Our passion is helping senior living providers maximize sales efforts and increase revenue. Join me as I chat with industry leaders who share their tips and strategies, and we'll have some fun along the way. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Grow Your Occupancy podcast. I'm Julie Potowitz, CEO and founder, and today I welcome David Hopkins to the show. David Hopkins, really looking forward to learning from him. He's a recognized leader, facilitator, and speaker in the area of leadership development, sales and marketing, culture, and customer experience. David grew up in Cape Cod. He relocated to Florida as a young adult, and he began his career at the happiest place on earth, Walt Disney World. And after spending many hours singing and dancing with his favorite characters, he decided to stop goofing around and worked his way into management, gaining experience in both resort and theme park operations. He has since made his way into the uh, healthcare space and the, is currently working in senior living in a leadership role. He is known for growth, creating culture change and increasing sales, even during challenging times. Want to learn from him. Um, he is most importantly a married father of two great kids, 13 and 15. He is the designated chief dog walker and is home to two adorable rescues and a proud graduate of the University of Central Florida in guess where, Orlando. So welcome, David. Thank you. David, 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 where do we start? You know, I've been... I've heard this ex expression, and you probably have too, you know, what if Disney put started building a senior living community across the street? What would you do? How would you up your game as far as, you know, customer service and experience? So with you, with having all this experience, I'm, I'm going to ask you that same question. Sure, absolutely. So it's a, it's a great model. And, uh, you know, Disney is, as we've seen in the news, delving into the kind of more uh, planned retirement communities and senior living's not too far behind, I'm sure, following in that footsteps. The thing that Disney does that's so great, and obviously with a name recognition, and if you've ever been to a, a theme park, whether it's here in Orlando or even in Paris, France, you're getting a consistent and high expectation of deliverables, right? So you check in and they know your name and they're greeting your kids. And you know, most of the time when somebody flies in, especially to Walt Disney World, they fly in and now Disney has actually created what they call the Magical Express, right? There was a gap when they landed in Orlando to the time they actually got on property. And Disney really wanted to grab their attention at the first possible second. And that means coming right off the plane. Because once you get to Orlando, everybody says, oh, you're at Disney. Well, not really, but we're almost there. And if you have a negative experience at the airport or your flight's delayed and you show up much later and you've got kids in tow, they haven't had a nap, we haven't eaten well, now they're tired and cranky. The last thing you want to do is go through a whole big production of getting in and getting to your room and what you need. So Disney does that very well. And part of that piece is the Magical Express. And they grab your attention right away. Let me get you on the bus. 
here's some cool water, we'll take care of your luggage, don't worry about you and get you right off to the hotel. At that point in time, they've already got you checked in, they know you're coming. And they say, Mrs. Podowitz, please come this way. We've got your room key. You'll be over in this building. Here's your room. It's all turned down and ready to go. We can get the kids in down for a nap. I know you've had a long flight and we can check the rest of the boxes off later, right? Senior living, how many times do we're like, well, if we don't have these 28 different forms, you can't come between 10 and two, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, right? Disney is about the customer experience and the guest experience where senior living kind of got away from that, right? We look at different avenues of that. And I'll tell you one of my first stories as an executive director, I'm at a small community and uh, working to, to get my census up and had toured this cup, this son and his mom and was really excited and he chose another community. I was devastated because I had really poured a lot in. I felt like I had a great connection into, into the whole discovery process and when he called and told me, I said, okay, I understand, you know, that, that sounds like a better fit for mom. And uh, a week later, he's at move-in day and I'm on a field trip with my son. And we're all the way out at Kennedy Space Center. So just to give you an idea, it's about an hour and a half drive to get back to my community. And he's up north, about an hour further north of where my community was. And he called me and said, they didn't receive the history and physical, which in Florida we call an 1823, and they won't let my mom move in today. What do I do? So here's the community that's accepted his deposit, is working to help them get in, and is now denied him admission with his mom standing in the lobby in a U-Haul full of mm. furniture. I said, I'll tell you what you do. You get in the U-Haul, say, give me my check. I'm moving in with David. And you start driving, and I'll be there, and I'll meet you there, and we'll make it work. So lo and behold, they had already had it. It had come in through the fax machine and slipped behind and didn't pay attention to looking for it or looking around. And he actually asked to go see the fax machine so he could see if it would truly wasn't there. And sure enough, it was all stacked behind and it had run over. So he picked up his check, came down and, you know, 5.30 on a Friday evening, I started moving him and his mom in and came back on Saturday morning to to help them finish unloading the furniture and, and get the U-Haul returned and whatnot. And that's the kind of customer service that Disney provides, right? And that's the kind of customer service that we should be doing. And it's an honor to provide in senior care. I find it interesting that this person called you when he was having challenges moving into a, a community that you didn't work for, right? Exactly, exactly. You, so we obviously had developed that connection, which is part of that good discovery yeah. process. And when people know that you care, it doesn't matter what you're doing and you can you can always recruit. And, he, and I'm assuming she moved in to she your did. community. Yes, yep, absolutely. That's long, crazy. long, long standing community, uh, long standing resident in our community, so. You know, you mentioned, David, a, 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 you know, customer focused, you know, Disney is, uh, is the ultimate, you know, kind of example of that. And, you know, our business, senior living can fall behind in, in some regard in that area. You know what I'm thinking? It's, it, there's so much going on. And certainly with the last couple of years, we piled on and made even more difficult and already difficult whirlwind uh, day, right, that we all have and people have at, at the community level. And you know, because 
your leadership uh, at community level during your career. So what is something, you know, given that we are taking care of people uh, who may have an emergency and we're doing it 24 hours a day, 365, how do we stay customer focused in the midst of a really hard day? A really hard day. What would, what advice would you give? So for me in Disney, you keep it simple. And and that's the thing that I think in senior living, we have a tendency to overcomplicate, right? How many reports do you are due in a certain week? You need your sales report. You need your marketing report. How many move-ins, you know, what, who's fallen, who went out, who's coming in, how many deposits do we have? We have all these different reports. And if you tabulate them all and put them together, sometimes that can be a day and a half of just reporting what you're trying to do. And then the expectation is you're still working a full five-day week, right? Um, You know, so a lot of things around that is is bringing it right back to the simplicity of what is it, how do we do it, and why do we do it? You know, Simon Sinek's book is so great, The Why, right? Right. I love asking our staff the why. And I have some people here that have worked for this community for 21 years as Mm -hmm. nurses and CNAs. And they love it. They love their residents. And they're so passionate about their why and what they're doing. Nothing else matters. She's like, oh, I've seen, I can't tell you, I probably lost count. We're in the at least double digits of the amount of executive directors that have come through the community at this point in time. That's close to 100. Over 21 years, that's a lot of turnover. That's a lot of changes in direction. That's a lot of inconsistencies in different messages. And everybody has kind of that. You know, they all have their kind of niche of what they like to do and, and their personality. And I think as leaders, especially in senior living, we have to drive it right back to the one thing that we're doing. And you said it, we're taking care of residents 365 days a year. It doesn't matter what time or what day we're doing it, we're still taking them. And if we put that first, everything else falls differently. And I'll give you a Disney example, right? So Disney is very famous in having only four priorities in in their, their stands You've heard of pillars, you've heard of all these different, you know, anomalies or or ways to remember things. And, um, you know, I love the pillar analogy because my favorite thing is when you have to decide between two pillars, how do you know which one you're choosing, right? Because they're all on an equal level. Disney does a step ladder, one, two, three, and four. First thing is safety. Safe, you gotta be in the safe environment, right? Nobody wants to go to the unsafe assisted living or the unsafe memory care. That's not going to go very well. And safety is the top priority that we should have in, in assisted living. And then safety, and then it goes to courtesy. We have to be nice. This is, this is our environment. This is where Disney flips it on everybody else, right? Because most of the time, then they say, well, you need to be efficient and cram as much work into a CNA's day as they possibly can. And then on the off chance, you get somebody go, well, I really want you to take you know, five or 10 minutes and really sit down and talk to that resident. And if we see somebody sitting down for five or 10 minutes talking to a resident, what's our first thing as a leader? What are you doing? Right. You can't be sitting, you got too much work to do, right? So we're sending a mixed right. message right. at that point in time. But if we're showing the courtesy first, that connection helps us later down the road. So it goes safety, courtesy, show. 
it's all about the environment. And you'll notice that none of these things state reports, you know, what you need to accomplish, how many emails, how many phone calls, none of this stuff is ever stated at Disney. And it shouldn't be stated in senior living until we get to the fourth step, which is efficiency. But our third step is show. And how many times have you driven up to a, a new assisted living and, you know, brand new, gorgeous, they've trimmed it all out, they spared no expense until they got to the landscaping. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, we only have $10,000 yeah. left in our budget. Go mm -hmm. ahead and throw anything in there. And you get half dead plants that are so tiny and you drive up to this beautiful place and you're going, wow, they can't even take care of plants. Forget it. They can't take care of mom. That's the first key indicator. You know, I have a kind of a joking relationship with our landscapers. I'm like, unless you guys have found somebody that can bring plants back from the dead, yank it out. Cause that just shows that I'm not doing a good job. And that is kind of the, that key indicator that we need in assisted living. So when you break it down to the basics of making sure that everybody's safe, doing your job, being courteous and talking to them in a polite and respectful manner and getting to know them, right? How many times do you get to know a resident in assisted living? They make a transition to memory care and all that knowledge is stored up of them being a school teacher or a librarian, or they were in the military. And you can have those conversations with them because you know them and calm them down without having to do anything else if they're suffering an episode. Then you go to that efficiency as the last possible thing. And it's only four, that's it. So after that, then we can pile on the reports and things like that. But if we're doing those first three things correctly, the reports won't matter and the efficiency won't matter because I'm nice, I'm safe, and we have a great environment. Well, like you said, it's simple and it's not always easy to do sometimes to break things down into simple to measure or simple to track or simple to identify mm -hmm. uh, pillars or steps like you, like you mentioned. So let me ask you this. Another example uh, we hear a lot or we use a lot is, you know, Chick-fil-A, for instance. Um, you know, they hire people, you know, young, young and, to, you know, starting at whatever, 15, 16 years old, you know, it's by pleasure. And, you know, no matter where, where you go, uh, they, 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 they've obviously been trained. They seem to like to work there and it's, and it's fast food. So if I always think, gosh, if they can, the teenagers especially are standing on the hot sun or, or they're out there in their umbrellas in the rain and it's my pleasure and thank you. Where do we miss the mark with mm -hmm. maybe walking into a community and the concierge doesn't stand up or not even acknowledge or say hello? I mean, what, what are we missing? So you said it, we're missing the training piece, right? How many times in this staffing crisis of nurses and ZNAs do we hire somebody, get them in, put them in front of a computer for two days to do all their required training and then put them on a the floor? But well, you've been a CNA, so you should know. They have no idea. Again, it goes back to the simplicity of what is it? This is your job. If you're a CNA, if you're a med tech, if you're a housekeeper, if you're the concierge, and that has to come from the top. So I like to participate in a lot of the training. Yes, there's those still those requirements that we've got to sludge through, but break them up 
and have fun with the onboarding and the training. That's the biggest piece is where we fail because we take such a short amount of time to get somebody indoctrinated into senior living, passing a background track, passing a drug test, passing all these tests to come and do a job that they've been qualified for, but they don't know your way. And each community is different. Each leadership is different. And you have to put your own spin on it. It's one of my biggest complaints on large organizations. This is our way. You could have communities that are 10 miles apart, be completely different demographics. And surprise, your employees are different too. You don't have the same robots doing the same job the same way every time. And we can have an, uh, an outline, but you have to customize it to your building and to your demographic and to the people that are working with you. If I were to take my one of my employees who's been here for 21 years, she gets her mission. She gets the why of what we're doing. She's a great trainer. So she's somebody that I would put a new person with. This is why we do it. This is how we do it here. When that is explained to somebody, then the expectations set. And then it's constant coaching, right? Hey, concierge, you didn't stand up when that lady walked in this morning. Oh, well, I, I forgot. Okay, we don't forget. This is part of our job. We want them to feel like they mm -hmm. are being welcome in our home. And then it's reinforced. Because once you provide that training and you identify it, mm -hmm. that is the key indicator, right? Here's the expectation. And you see the job postings out there, right? I mean, CNAs and nurse job postings are a dime a dozen. They all read the same because they've got to be HR compliant. You know, I did one that stated, I only want rock star nurses. Like if you're ready to lead a band, i.e. your CNAs and your team on your floor, then that's the person I want. And I got different resumes that came in for that than I would at a normal job posting for an LPN that has a graduated right. from an accredited university, holds a state license and blah, blah, blah. That's, yeah, of course you're a nurse. If you passed all that thing, then that's great. But I want a rock star. I want somebody who wants to lead the band, who wants to be a front lead singer and identify with that of having a small team that they can work together mm -hmm. with and hone that skill and provide the best resident experience that we can. To really keep it simple and communicate expectation of clear communications, clear expectations, very simple. Mm -hmm. And really, really important is reinforcement. Is oh well they watched the video or, or it's in the manual or gosh, everybody should know to stand up, give eye contact, greet someone with a smile. I wouldn't I wouldn't make an assumption ever on any expectation, right? And and of course uh, reinforcing, right. And, you know, reinforcing the good and reinforcing it among your team and the old leading by example. Right. So you oh. probably draw in like based on your, uh, you want a rock star that kind of, uh, language even, um, or mindset probably will draw people of similar, Mm, uh, okay, cultural kind of culture expectations like ooh, this guy sounds like he might be uh he might be fun or he right. you know he has you know uh he has some um, different ideas around what it means to be you know a great employer great team leader very much so, so and one, of the of being a great... so one of the things that i always see oh, is people say 
oh, well, it's in your job description. Right, right. If you've ever read Mead's job description, that's everything. And I couldn't remember what the word started with, but I know what my job expectation is. And that has to be communicated verbally and established and then modeled as well. Because if you're the ED and you don't stand up when somebody walks into your office, why would the concierge do that? Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's a good, a good point, David, is, you know, job description versus expectations and what the, you know, the expectations of, of how do we, how do we behave, right? We have them. I mean, you're the parent of two children. I'm sure you have expectations in your home and then you, and you follow them yourself, you and your wife. So why wouldn't we do that in the, you know, and we do it naturally, Mm-hmm. Right. By maybe not standing up when someone comes into our office or not being present, maybe not doing eye contact or glancing at the phone. We are relaying what our expectations of ourselves is are. Right. And so if I'm asking you to be present and I'm not. Definitely not reinforcing. I the love the thing. analogy that everybody's a battery and they're on a battery. You have a positive and a negative end. No matter what you're doing, the interaction that we're having here today can either come out positively or it can come off negatively. And those are the options that everybody has with every interaction that happens. And that's sometimes hard for people to see, right? Well, this is the way I am. Oh, I'm kind of a surly person. Well, you're, you're choosing to be surly. You can choose to be positive too, because you have a choice which side of the battery you want to discharge mm-hmm. on. I'm going to keep that in mind. I'm going to keep, I'm, I'm bringing on battery and keeping that. I like, I love metaphors. I love analogies and stories because of course they stick with us mm-hmm. more than facts. Um, so really quickly, um, as we wrap up, you are currently uh, leading a community as an executive director. I know you're very occupancy and revenue focused as well as all of the other things we talked about today, which all encompass a great, uh, community and build up people's why of working there and, and certainly living there. But David, what would you, what advice would you give an executive director who's occupancy challenged uh, to, to like just get started or do this one thing? What, what is it? What would it be? For me, I love to meet every tour that walks in the building. And that is key for me to, on the initial side, if you walk into a building and you don't get to see the executive director or a nurse or care staff running around, you know, typically on a a tour, you're going to see a few of those, but an impact of, hey, I'm the leader of this organization. The buck stops with me. I'm here if you need me. If there's any other questions, I'm happy to answer it. And for me, I've done this journey five times on a personal nature with grandparents and my father, removing life support through dementia. So for me, I can kind of identify where they are in that process. Are they afraid? Are they scared? Are they mad? Mom didn't prepare anything. There's no living will. There's no power of attorney. I'm stuck with this. I've got two young kids at home. How am I supposed to juggle all of this? And when you can see the frustration on them or the uh, uncertainty or the scaredness, and you can tap into them and sit them down and go, look, we're going to be in this together, you and me. We'll ride this thing to the end of the train, but we're going to be in it together and you've got an ally. 
immediately you're pulling down walls of, I don't want the full sales pitch. I don't need, you know, most people want to, they send in an inquiry and they're like, I want pricing. That's all I need. Don't tell me, talk to me about anything else. And we're trying to understand what are they doing? And when you can do that, as especially as an executive director, you're already starting to form a bond with them immediately, right off the get-go. And then I kind of like to leave them on the last thing as they're walking out and say, I know you're going to tour other communities and that's great because we want to find the best fit for your mom or your dad. But I also want you to remember yeah. who else is coming out of their door to see you when you first come in. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. It's simple. It's impactful and it's very specific. So meet every prospect, meet every tour family member. And uh, especially I like your advice of the question you leave them thinking, you know, you leave them thinking as they leave, especially if obviously they haven't given you a check yet. All right. Well, um, David, really quickly, uh, before we go, I want to do a, a fun speed round and what's burning on my mind. Ready? Okay. okay. Favorite Disney character. Goofy. How do I, I, I was thinking, I was, I was thinking why. Um, what about a, I know you're an avid reader. What books should we all read? Um, so Casey Graham wrote a book called no BS small business. It's lengthy, but oh my God, I've, I like short books to be honest with you. Uh, but when I delved into this, I actually started taking notes into it because there's so much content and it's so raw and filled with stories that I've taken a ton of, uh, information out of and highly recommend it. In fact, I'm rereading it for the second time going through it. No BS, small business. Small business. Yep. It applies All to right. senior living. I know most people listening out there are going to go, ah, I don't think so. No, read it. It applies. Awesome. And what about what's the last concert you've been to? So got to go to uh, my daughter's 13 and uh, got to take her to a concert and bought some floor seats. And it was, um, oh God, this is so horrible in the... Um, it's a Christian band and they just had a new song garden in the graves. They're out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh my God. I'm so horrible at that, but we had a great experience. It was down in December. Awesome. So a lot, a very, a young crowd. It sounds like it was, it was a great, great one. I was waiting. I was thinking you were going to uh, say uh, Olivia Rodrigo or Billie Eilish or uh, a boy band of, of one kind or another for 13. Okay. Uh, last question. What, uh, movie, what's your favorite movie of all time? Casablanca. You can't be Humphrey Bogart. Absolutely. (laughs) I've got that on DVD. I've got it on digital download. Like if there's nothing to watch, my kids know, uh, that Casablanca is coming on, but I'm also, so my second one is also Luca because I like to change it to Italian because I'm trying to learn Italian. And my kids just keep shaking their heads when I change all the subtitles. Then they put the TV back on and they go, why is everything in Italian? So. <laughs> you know, when, when somebody says, someone who is learning English as a second language and they say, well, I watched soap operas or I watched, I heard mm-hmm. uh, recently, speaking of boy bands, uh, the most popular boy band in the world right now um, from uh, South Korea, learn English, uh, the lead uh, singer or by watching friends. And I'm thinking, how could you learn, 
you know, watching a show in a different language, what yep. they're saying, you know, and he said he learned English watching Friends. So you're learning Italian, but you got the subtitles. I, I think it was a, it's a really uh, good idea. Well, David, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I have took notes, learned a lot. I love your energy and really appreciate everything that you do for our business and for the people you work with and, of course, your residents and your team. Thank you so much, Julie. It's been truly an honor to be participating with you. I love your work. Keep it up. We always get such great nuggets out of your podcasts and your posts and your classes. So please keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye.